Welcome to the Joplin and Andrea podcast, where we discuss all things faith, family, and fun. I am Andrea here with my husband and co-host, Joplin. Welcome to today's show. Good Friday to all of you. We hope it's going well, and thank you for joining us on the Joplin and Andrea podcast. We're going to talk today, um, one of our segments that we've started called You Asked For It. We're going to talk today about a topic that somebody has asked us to address, um, and then we're going to share another new segment, two things about you. Andrea and I are going to be sharing two interesting facts about each other, give you a little insight into uh, who we are as uh, kind of people behind the scenes. You're going to like that. And we finish up today with the fourth part of the interview with the McCarty family, and today we shift to Mason. And let Mason share with us kind of his experiences growing up in the world as an autistic boy. And you guys are going to love that. Excited to yes. get to that and finish out today's podcast with that. But yeah. Yeah. before we get there, we are going to start with our main topic of the day. We had somebody ask us if we would talk about or at least recommend that we talk about parenting with an emphasis on discipline like um, how to discipline your kids when is not enough not enough when is too much too much and uh, obviously for us we're going to be coming at it specifically from the perspective of christian parents following jesus doing the best we can to live according to the scriptures and raise our children according to the scriptures you know, what is God's design for discipline when it's needed? So, big topic. Yeah, big topic. Um, we're going to tackle it. I'm not super excited about it because everyone's got such strong opinions on it these days. But hopefully, somehow, someway, this can be helpful for somebody out there. Absolutely. All right. So, Andrea. Turns out you can't just have fun all the time, folks. You, yeah, you can't. There's certain things in life that yeah. just aren't fun. Discipline is one of them. Yeah. And so let's dig into this topic. All right. And let's see if we can make talking about discipline fun. All right. I like that. Because we're not actually having to do it. So let's see if we can make talking <laughs> about it fun. Okay. Yeah. Hey, what I want to do before we start the discussion, I want to read um, some very short passages of scripture. It's going to take less than 60 seconds here. Okay. But I want to read five passages of scripture from Proverbs. So here's what the Bible tells us about discipline. Proverbs 19, 18, Discipline your son while there is hope, and do not desire his death. Proverbs 22, 15, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of discipline will remove it far from him. Proverbs 29, 15, The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. Proverbs 3.12, For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Proverbs 13.24, He who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. So there's some passages of Scripture there that kind of tell us God's perspective of discipline. I would say the need for it. Um, we might reference these, but let's just get started. Andrea and I want to talk about some you know, practical ideas here. We're not the perfect parents. Unfortunately, we weren't able to find them. And so uh, you guys are stuck with us. 
but um, we do have four kids, and uh, we've got one that's graduating high school and college simultaneously this year, getting her associate's degree and high school diploma here in a couple of weeks. We've got a sophomore in high school, an eighth grader, and a third grader. So um, a lot of years raising kids. Yeah, hopefully. We can pull something out of a hat here and give you guys something that'll be helpful. Yeah. Andrew, why don't you start one of your first um, just tips, what, something you would tell a mom out there, or maybe just a general piece of information for mom or dad, but um, yeah. what, what would you say when it comes to discipline? Um, I would say one of the key factors is communication and that, you know, we live such busy lives and we're constantly on the go and the kids are involved in all kinds of things. Um, that communication is such a huge key factor, just knowing your kids, kind of knowing where they're at. If you see that um, they seem to be struggling, you know, for a week or two weeks, um, really just using that uh, tool of communication to get in there and try to see what's going on. See, you know, if maybe something happened to school or maybe, you know, there's something that in the discipline realm they've did something and they're just ashamed of it and they don't know how to talk about it or approach it or um communicate about it so i think that you know us just being aware of our um constant environment with all of our kids and then when they are willing to talk making sure that we do stop what we're doing if possible because it's not often um it's hard to be a teen and it's not always often that teens are just having a moment where they're wanting to talk to you so if they do Make sure that we're giving it to them. Now, how does this help or connect to discipline? Um, Communicating with your kids. Yeah. What's the connection? It's just knowing your kids, knowing, you know, where they're at, what they're going through um, is a huge part of just knowing what your kids are doing out, you know, kids can be doing things that you don't know too, but it does help to know, you know, know your kid and being able to communicate um, just how things are in life. And then when things do happen and they do make mistakes or they have gotten in trouble at school or, you know, did something to a friend that they shouldn't have, um, the communication prior, just having that door open will help when time comes to need to communicate and there is a problem. Yeah. So I've got, I'm coming at this from a different angle here in a little bit with one of my kind of tips. But what, what I hear is that there's, a, there's it's important that we have this like good, healthy, open relationship with our kids. And that a lot of times that will head off even the need for discipline. Um, but what we don't want to do is be detached and then the only time that we ever respond, the only time we ever have a talk, the only time that we ever really, you know, have a conversation is when you're in trouble. Yeah. And so we don't want that. And we want our kids, though no kid is ever going to be excited about getting in trouble. They've done something wrong, school calls, and, you know, Johnny's done something he shouldn't do. No kid's ever going to be excited about facing mom and dad in that situation. They There shouldn't be a sense of absolute, like, um, terror and fear about it. It should be like we. There's such a communication and uh, closeness in that relationship that the child knows that whatever's coming is coming because it's right and because mom and dad love me. And um, hopefully, like you say, if there's this communication that we work on constantly, we're already going to have some degree of awareness of what yeah. the problem might be. All right, very good. 
So one of the things that I want to point out is that fathers, men, while parenting, um, being a you know a husband, a father, and a member of the family is always a group activity. We as men are supposed to lead in this area. Yeah. We are supposed to be the primary discipliners of the home. And God actually made men and women different in his beautiful and unique design. And um, it's not fair when men disengage from this and try to put this off on the wife, the mother, to do the discipline all the time. For one, it doesn't normally work because women tend to be more compassionate than men and more lenient and they don't like, I mean, I don't like disciplining either, but Andrea hates it even worse than I do. And women tend to have, generally speaking, this is a very general statement here, but they tend to have a little bit of a false hope that if they just kind of give them a tongue lashing and tell them don't do it again, that the kid's going to be really sad and they won't do it again. But most of the time, that's not the way it works, especially with boys. And dads, this is where we have to step up and not throw this responsibility on the shoulders of our wives. So fathers, this is our place to lead here. And um, so that's thing number one that I'll say. Uh, Andrea, what's your next Um, point? My next point is that we need to be willing to learn from our mistakes. And so, you know, there is no handbook on parenting that just says this, 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 and you follow all these and you're going to be great. Um, and so, you know, throughout the years, we have made mistakes. I've made mistakes, you know, um, so have I. you've made mistakes and we've just ended up having to use those as learning tools. And we've even had to tell the kids at times, you know, Hey, I'm sorry, I didn't handle myself. Um, like I should have, or I should have did that differently. And so I think us being, you know, willing to come at it at that approach to them too, helps them to keep their minds open that, you know, we're also just humans and we're all trying to navigate through this and just do the best that we can. And so being willing to learn from our mistakes is, um, I've had to go to our kids before, um, after I had disciplined them and, and really I was just wrong. Um, whether it was the wrong spirit whether I didn't listen well enough to get the whole story, um, yep. whatever it might be, there have been times I've actually had to go to our kids yeah. and humble myself and say, listen, I was really wrong and I'm sorry. Would you please forgive me? You'll never know what that will actually do for your kids. Uh-huh. Um, the type of trust that it will build when they know that if you got it wrong, you're going to say so. And kids are not stupid. Mm-hmm. They know if you got it wrong. But they also know if you got it right, even if they're trying to tell you, you know, they don't, they didn't, they don't, because yeah. they don't want to get in trouble. But if you as the parent are willing to humble yourself and, you know, own your mistakes, you'll find it will go a tremendous distance in teaching your children to do the same. Yeah. Um, but also letting them know that, hey, I, I'm as a parent here, I get it wrong too sometimes and we're all working through this. I think that's terrific. Yeah. Um, the next thing that I would encourage people to do is be consistent. In my opinion, this is one of the areas that parents fail the worst. Yeah. Because we often expect our kids to think the same way that we as adults do. Um, and 
They just don't. Yeah. So they're learning, all right? You tell a four or five-year-old, you better stop or I'm going to whatever, fill in the blank. If you don't stop by the time I count to 17, you're going to be in trouble. Well, then you get to 17 and they're not in trouble. You just let it go. Yeah. And then next week you're like, I'm going to count to eight. And then you count to eight and they're not in trouble. But then you're just sick of it. And so now you get to three and you're, you know, spanking them or putting them in the corner or whatever. That's really confusing for the child. They don't know if you're really going to do what you're going to say. And I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just being honest with my observation. I've seen parents tell their children no like 15 times or more and never there be any consequences. Here's the only thing you're teaching your child. No doesn't actually mean no. It's sort of like a recommendation for mom or dad that you're going to do absolutely nothing about. And like it or not, you are confusing your child. Children need consistent boundaries. And if you aren't going to make them stop, the best thing you can do is keep your mouth shut. Just let them be terrors for the moment. If If you don't have the mental energy and emotional energy to follow through on whatever you think needs done, don't lie to your children and tell them they're going to be in trouble if they're not. This is so confusing for kids. And I think it's important that when you say this is going to happen if that is mom and dad you be true to your word it's only fair to your children and you will find generally speaking that parents that do this consistently by the time their children are five six seven years old there is a whole lot less of them doing whatever they're going to do regardless of what mom and dad say because they've learned no means no over and over and over again if daddy says if i do it again i'm going to get a spanking daddy means if i do it again i'm going to get a spanking and then they learn the boundaries it's actually a much safer place for children it's a much more emotionally healthy place for children i cannot stress enough be consistent um i just want to add to that because that was one thing that I struggled with a lot when our kids were little. Um, you know, our kids, I didn't have to get to that point a whole lot, but when I did, I was, you know, threatening and then not always following through. And I didn't understand what it was actually doing to them. It was just as the mom part, you're not, you don't actually want to give them the spanking or you don't actually (laughs) want them to be in trouble. You just want them to correct that behavior so we can move on. And, um, I was thankful. It wasn't necessarily like a fun lesson for me, but I was thankful that, you know, once it was brought to my attention, that that was actually what was happening, that, you know, I could correct it and it, it helped a whole lot more from then on out. But what else are you going to say? Um, my The third thing that I wanted to share was just that each kid is different. And so, you know, we have four kids and they have a lot of similarities, but they have a lot of differences. And so we've had to, you know, watch how we do um, discipline each kid because this child might, off the first offense, just decide that they're never, ever going to ever try anything like that ever again because that's just them and their personality. And, um, you know, you have another child that maybe does test the limits and do a few things. And so your um, discipline with them looks a little bit more, you know, strict or harsh sometimes because it's needed and so i think just being aware that maybe the way you discipline kid number one or two doesn't always happen with three or you know the fourth one might be totally different and so being able to just adjust to how that child is and how they react 
to making the discipline fit them. That is my third thing also that's interesting. Um, I, that's exactly what I had was each kid is different. So I'm not going to repeat what you just said, but you know, children aren't robots and there, there is no perfect method to every child. You have to learn how to adapt and deal with your children according to the way God made them. And uh, that's something that really is your responsibility to figure out. But yes, every kid's different. Don't think that you can just have one way that works for all of them. So I'm going to move on from that to my next one. And that is let your acts of love far surpass your acts of discipline. So it's really important that our children know how much we love them. And I don't think that a lot of kids really do know. I think most parents feel like, you know, you know, my kids know I love them. I, most parents would say my children are my life. But it's important that we're not just telling them, we're demonstrating it. Um, I think it's important that parents hug children. I think it's important that children hear especially in their formative years uh, up till about the time they turn teens i think it's important that they hear very regularly if not every day that i love you mm-hmm. you are a good son you're a good daughter and i'm proud of you and here's why our children need to be hearing that from us and the the amount of love that we um you know shower them with um send their way. I don't know how the right way to say it, but the amount of love that we show them, it has to far surpass the amount of discipline that we need to administer. And if you have a difficult kid that just needs more discipline than your other kids, yeah. my advice is you better work extra hard with that kid to also show them an extra measure of love. Because if all the kids ever hear is discipline, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, it can be destructive to their self-image. So I think that's important. Yeah, that's Listen, important. but we still need to discipline, okay? I'm not talking about parents. I'm not supporting the concept of I don't discipline my kids and, you know, I just love them. Because the Bible says whom the father loves, he disciplines that God loves us. And one of the ways that we know God loves us is that he cares enough to discipline us. If your son is constantly going out into the road and he's three years old and he's not wise enough to look to the left or the right and you tell him to stop, but he won't stop and you're not going to spank him, there's not going to be any consequences. That's not love. It's just not. You, You say, well, I love him too much to tell him no. Well, he needs boundaries to keep him safe. And so there is a balance, Mm -hmm. but listen, whatever that balance is, love your children in a far superior way than you have to discipline them. Yeah, it's good. Andrea, what's your final piece here? Uh, My final piece is that we need to include prayer in it. And I think that that tool above all things just gets us power when we can't, we're helpless. We can't do anything, you know, Um, like I said earlier, just life is hard for teens. We live in an era where there are so many more things at their fingertips than ever before. Um, There's so many more just struggles and uh, things that they go through. And so just 
getting down and spending time each week in prayer for your kids, just asking God to guide and protect, asking God to help them open up when they are struggling or, you know, if they have done something wrong, that giving them the freedom to say it's okay, you know, just come talk to us about it. And so um, just praying over our kids, just the whatever their week holds that, you know, God will direct it. And if it's something that it is discipline, just that how can we use that to help them learn further in life? And so spending time in prayer for our kids. Yeah. And not just, I think I would add to that, not just praying for them, but praying for me as a parent, it helped me to handle situations Yeah. in a way that honors you in a way that makes you happy and proud with the way that I parent, you know, we want to pray Absolutely. for the the leading of the Holy Spirit and um and it does take the leading of the holy spirit to be a great parent i'm convinced of that and a willingness to know when we're not in the right spirit and so we don't want to be doing things in the wrong spirit Mm -hmm. you're going to find there's times that um you know generally the the purpose of discipline is to bring about a spirit of awareness that this was wrong and a spirit of remorse that I shouldn't have done this. That's generally the purpose. If your child already has that, how you discipline, or maybe you end up not disciplining at all, be, how you handle the situation changes if the heart's already right. And I remember a scenario with um, one of my daughters. I'm not going to tell you what it was, but one of my daughters was had just had something she did at school she shouldn't have done. And I was really mad about it. I was mad about it for a lot of reasons, but Andrea and I were on our way to an event in Oklahoma. We were about two hours away from home when I got the phone call. And I was kind of mad that I had to turn around and come back home two hours and cancel the event. So, I mean, I was just mad. And the school was waiting for me to get there. And I called one of my good, solid um, friends that has been a counselor in my life. And the advice that he gave me was one of the best pieces of advice that I'd ever had. He said, you know, she already knows what she did is wrong. Everybody's already telling her it's wrong. She knows you're coming to get her, and she's probably scared. He said, what you need to do is just get there and let her know she's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Just wrap your arms around her because right now nobody else is. She's in trouble. And let her know we'll get through this. It was some of the best advice I'd ever had. Because and he was right. She already she was broken. She was already she knew what had happened was wrong. She didn't need me to tell her. There wasn't anything I could do at that particular moment as a parent that was gonna help correct the situation or make her see it in the right way. She understood it was wrong. She was remorseful. And that's exactly what I did in that moment. You know, it wasn't my idea. I wasn't some great parent that came up with that on my own. Um, but I followed through with it. I remember going in, and that's what I did. I just gave her a big hug. I said, hey, we're going to be okay. We're going to get through this. And uh, that situation has never happened again. You know, So you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit there, uh, and, and be willing to take each situation as it comes. And I'm going to close with this, and we're going to move on uh, with our podcast today. The last piece of advice that I want to give parents understand the why behind why we discipline it will change the way you discipline we don't discipline our kids because we're mad that's what most people do and that's why they'll say stop it stop it stop it and then not do anything about it 
they're not really mad enough to do anything about it. We don't discipline our kids because they're not doing what we want. The ultimate goal of discipline is to turn kids, as the Bible says, away from their folly, or and that's a word for like sinful, wrong, God didn't create you to be this way. This is not the way God's creation is to treat one another. That type of stuff is what we reserve discipline for. And what we are trying to do is correct. Another word for it is correction. I'm not willing to correct. My children are just going to go the wrong direction. So I have to understand the why. And this is what I, how I look at it. I look at the long term. You know, what am I trying to do with these children? Who do we want to see them grow up to become? And discipline is ultimately meant to correct and provide direction towards that long-term goal. So don't discipline in the short term. You know, you don't discipline just because you're angry. That's one extreme on the other spectrum. The other one is in the short term, well, I just don't want my kids to be mad at me and so I'm not going to discipline them. Well, that's a bad way to do it. You have to understand the why behind it. We're trying to help these children grow up to be young, successful adults in a world that if you're going to be successful in the world, it's going to require a degree of discipline. It's going to, you know, you've got to understand how to treat people right. You've got to be willing to own your mistakes. You have to be willing to fix things that you've made wrong. And so this is the great big why of discipline. And I think it's important that you keep that in mind when you're trying to figure, you know, how do I handle this? What do I do? Yeah. So good luck. Yeah, good luck, guys. Hopefully that helps a little bit. Um, we don't have it figured out yet. If and, and if somebody out there does, let us know. We'll have you on yeah, the show and you can do your absolutely. own segment. So um, <laughs> thank you to whoever it was, this anonymous person that asked us to or consider talking about that. Um, and again, if you guys have topics you'd like us to discuss, shoot, shoot us, us an, email. an email, log on to joplinandry.com and tell us what you would like us to talk about. And we'll find a way to fit it in the show one of these days. Yeah. Next, we're going to move on to two things about you. This is a little special segment that allows you to get a kind of insight into who we are, just kind of as people behind the scenes some funny things about us, some quirks about us. And so today, our two things about you are going to be two interesting facts about yep. each other. Andrea, you get to go first. What are your two interesting facts about me? All right. Well, my first one is your ability to have an idea and create it out of nothing. Like we have no sample, we have no nothing. And all of a sudden, here's this thing. And generally, it's like pretty epic. Like, Whatever epic. you make is very stellar. I like and that it's word. Great. That's fun. I like so, the epic. So um, this last week, well, let me back up a little bit. We remodeled the um, area here for the podcast, and we need more shelving. And so Joplin um, came up with this idea to put shelving. And the way he was explaining it, I was thinking to myself, like, oh, my gosh, I don't know. I'm just not going to say anything. Hopefully this turns out all right. And he got down with it. It looks fantastic, better than I could have imagined. Well, move forward a few days because it took up the spot where our huge trash can went. Yeah. And like, folks, we go through trash like crazy. So now all of a sudden this tiny trash can is the only option. We're like taking it out two and three times a day. And so he decides he's going to make this trash can that has recycle and regular trash in it. 
and he's telling me about it and I'm thinking oh that's gonna be awful it's in my dining room I'm just being honest here um because I don't really like the idea of the trash can being in their first place and he gets done with it and it looks like something that you could have like ordered from Ashley Furniture or something wow um, like a nice yeah that nice Sweet. in fact so nice I told him hey you could start custom building trash cans <laughs> she did yeah so, I'm not going to. I'm so, not taking orders, folks. Yeah. And then, you know, lots of other projects. We had a shed outside, and he came up with this, like, it is not just a box shed. It is a really cool-looking shed. Oh, so, yeah. It's nice. Yeah. got a hip roof on it. Yeah, hip roof, whatever that is. But it, it looks It matches good. our roof, so it looks like it was here original. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's got this little overhang on I it. I love to build fire, stuff, people. Where our uh, firewood sets and... Yeah. yeah. I love to build stuff. Inside of it, it's got all kinds of shelving and storage, and it's even got like a loft area. I tease them and I tell them that if we ever run out of money, we could rent it out like an Airbnb. <laughs> it's not, like, it, it's we're not that right nice. Out our shed <laughs> for Airbnb. That's not going to happen. But I'm just kidding. Yeah, she, this is true. So, I like to build things, and typically I can get an idea in my mind and find a way to I visualize yeah. it and I create it. Yep. So, so way to excellent. go, you. There you okay. go. Now, I'm going to go, uh, my first interesting fact about Andrea, she makes up her own words and dances to about any song, any mm. style of music. Wow. So this is something about her that when there's music on, most of the time she wants to dance to it. And it doesn't matter what style of music it is. One thing that does make me laugh a lot is she kind of wants to dance to slow music with a fast pace like she she's more of a fun upbeat dance kind of person hmm. but if slow music's going on she'll dance to it but it's going to be kind of an upbeat pace of a dance and then she also makes up words to songs she doesn't really care what the words are she has her own and she's got to own it they're, they're, they're <laughs> better for her and it doesn't matter she doesn't care what the song <laughs> actually says her song is her song and uh yeah it's it's really quite fun to watch yeah and it'll make you smile maybe i missed my calling i should have been a choreographer <laughs> <laughs> probably not oh, but okay it is an interesting fact what's okay. number two all right number two is your ability to lose large amounts of money and not even know they're missing until months later when you find them hmm. this is true folks I like repeatedly he has lost like hundreds of dollars of bills or $60 or 150 I think once there was even $300 he pulled out of some jeans that had been in the closet for like I don't know a couple months and all of a sudden he's like oh look look what I found and I'm thinking to myself how do you just lose like $60 or $150 and you don't even know it's gone but he does it all the time well it's, he does. It's uh, it's it's kind of like a savings account. Oh. It's, but but mm. it, it, you don't see it in the account, so you don't know it's there. And then later, when you find it, it's like a bonus. Yeah, except for that, you don't actually use it as a savings account. It is just the bonus when you find it, and you're like, oh, look, Chick Fil A for everyone. Yes. Or you know, here, it's babe. normally exciting. Hey, to be yeah. fair, listen, people. To be fair, this is a true story. Most of the time, if the money is found in the washing machine, it's normally found afterwards, like when we're drying clothes. No, it's usually found in the pant pockets of your pants, but, but sometimes but it's in the washing machine. when it's found after laundry, I normally let it be split up amongst whoever's doing the laundry. So it's like a bonus. Yeah. So sometimes everybody benefits 
yeah in the family from this interesting fact that it is true yeah and then, i do this and i don't do it all the time i mean five or six times a year because tyron checks the laundry all the time but he only pulls out what he's looking for and so if he found his pair of pants and your 20 bucks he's like oh this is mine and this is mine mm-hmm. so i'm like mm, you can have that 20 bucks but you are gonna have to fold that laundry well I will say this is a complete, I will verify this is a very true, interesting fact about me. It is. I always say, and I just wish everybody else could experience the joy of like reaching in and finding lots of money, you know, 60 bucks here, 50 bucks there every now and then. Putting money in our pants. I think 300 is the most. Like in the closet and we could find them. Yes. So, yeah, this is true. Uh, Yeah, interesting fact about me. Okay. Next is my second interesting fact about Andrea. She buys presents year round for kids all the time. Like it, it's, she probably mm-hmm. buys presents at least on average three to four times a month. Now it might all be three to four times in one week. And then she goes three weeks without buying presents. But on average, she's buying presents year round, at least three weeks a month. And she's like, oh, guess what I found for our kids? Sometimes it's our kids. Sometimes it's your kids. Sometimes <laughs> it's our kids that we sponsor in Honduras. But she's constant. like, never does she stop buying presents year round. When she's going to the grocery store, it doesn't matter where she is. She's got an eye out. That's right. For presents. This I do. Is, this is an interesting fact about Andrea. It is. The one thing is, is that they're always on sale. And so that is why I'm coming home with all these gifts because they're like on the clearance rack and I found something extremely awesome and it was like 10 bucks. And nice. you can't get that for 10 bucks. So She's everybody like, gets presents. Somebody's going to need this present. It uh-huh. was such a good deal. I bought it. I don't know who's going to get it, but somebody's going to get this thing. Heck and so yeah. Andrea is the present giver. Yep. I have a third interesting fact. She didn't oh. know we were doing this because it's supposed to be two facts about you. But today I'm making an exception. Oh, you're gonna I'm going to give bonus. you three facts. Bonus fact about Andrea: she turns 40 years old next week. Woo! Yes, I do. Big 4-0. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Isn't this exciting? Next week, Andrea turns 40. It's a milestone. And yes, listen, if, if you think about how good the last 20 years of our life have been, just imagine how much more awesome the next 20 are going to be. Yep. Yep. Can't wait. She's 40. Send her your birthday wishes, folks. It's going to be a good one. 40 is going to be <laughs> yep, the best I'm ever. I'm not going to be able to hold on to those like last 30 compliment comments anymore. No. Because he's been 40 for a while. So he said, we're in our 40s. I'm yeah. Like, nope. Just you. Yeah, I'm 41. Yeah. I get to turn 42 this year. Excited about that. Yeah. 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 But I I don't, you know. Anyways, guys, Andrea's birthday. And so that's it. That's That's it. it. Guys, that's all we've got for our podcast because we got to move on now to our final segment as we interview Mason today. We've been talking with Raz and Stacey McCarty about the journey of raising a child with autism. And today we turn the conversation to Mason and we let him tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up with autism. It's going to be good. Yeah. All right, guys, here it is. Our final part of the interview with the McCarty family. Mason, we're going to turn the conversation (laughs) to you, buddy. (laughs) 
Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about um, maybe some of the challenges you faced growing up? Um, What was school like for you? You know, your parents just told us this story about you coming after a couple of years of, um, of cheerleading and saying, hey, I'm the only boy on this team. And uh, I don't know what age that was, probably about nine, mm-hmm. ten years old. Mm-hmm. Was that the age for you when you started to really kind of be conscious that, um, you know, you had challenges that some of your friends did not have? Can you tell us, you know, what was it like that early part of your life? I think the early part of my life was that it was challenging because I was different than any other kids in the school. I mean, I had, I mean, eye contact was the most challenge. Uh, I mean, I wanted to fit in. I mean, it's just like they, it's, they accepted me, but there's this kid that's just like, what, what's he doing? What, why is he doing something different than everybody else? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just something I like doing. And, uh, I mean, I would do my own things that are different by like uh, my imagination or, or building something mm-hmm. like like they'd be like, hey, what's that? Oh, it's a is it a house? I like no, it's a tea party house. <laughs> so, yeah, because that's that's what it was like when I was a kid growing up in and kindergarten and stuff. Your parents put you through school. Uh, they, I mean, yeah. they, they had you around other students. They didn't shelter you from the world. Mm-hmm. No. Were you were the kids ever mean? Uh, did the boys ever give you a hard time? Yeah, there was a couple times that boys were uh, picking on me and all that stuff, but I just didn't allow that to uh, just take me down. I mean, I fought my challenges, mm-hmm. and uh, I learned from Dad here that there are going to be people out there like that, and you just have to really step up and just fight the challenges and that's what I've done and and that's uh, that's why I got into the wrestling because I want to build myself up mm-hmm. and uh, no and to show that I can I can do it yeah I can fight challenges in life mm-hmm. yeah, I mean everybody yes, can. you can if it's you put your that. if you put your heart and your mind and your soul to it yes amen. So when you would have some of those things maybe happen at school, okay. did you all, were, were you comfortable coming home talking with your parents about situations when they would happen, or did you keep them secret? I, I talked to them. Mm-hmm. I'd say, Good. hey, this happened. Oh, this kid's doing this to me. I, mm-hmm. I didn't like that. I hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And then they would, like, they would call a school and say, hey, this is what happened, da-da-da. And, mm-hmm. and we don't want to tolerate that Mm -hmm. but uh mostly my dad has helped me with it Mm -hmm. i mean i'm i'm thankful for him to share with me Mm -hmm. that uh yeah i shared early on that he had to stand up for his beliefs and who he is and Mm -hmm. and uh and what he's about and and i remember getting a call from the school early on i've encouraged him to to stand up for himself too and you know they were had been leaning on him a little bit at school out on the playground or picking on him or whatever you want to call it and and finally he got his fill and and uh, uh stood up and and there was a confrontation out there and uh, 
in the uh, playground and the school had called me and they were saying, you know, what had happened. And I said, well, I just got one question. Did, did Mason hold his own? And they, and they said, well, yes, that's why we're calling you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he, you know, he turned the tide, so to speak. And, and I think that was a, a, a turning point for him, too, that, that uh, we're not a, a pushing post, if you will, or, mm-hmm. or somebody just to, to, to walk on us mm-hmm. and that we have to stand up for ourselves. So no, important to teach that. Yeah. It Absolutely is. important to teach that. It is mm-hmm. very important. If you don't, there's just two, you know, it, it only takes, you, you can have a hundred great uh, peers, kids, mm-hmm. students. It just takes three or four yeah. that can really um, ruin a kid's life, you know, yeah. bully them. Yes. And yes. Um, being able to teach that balance. And I, Mason does such a beautiful job with it. He's one of the kindest people you ever meet. Yes. Loves everybody. Yes. Um, is just an incredible young man. Yeah. But learning that balance, that just mm-hmm. because I'm kind, mm-hmm. just because I'm a Christian, right? Yes. just because we're good people, right. that doesn't mean that we have to allow others to hurt us yes, and sir. wound us right. and, and treat us in a way that's not fair and not right. And uh, most of the time, it just takes a time or two. Yeah. Stand up for yourself and they find out you're not, you're not going to allow that. Right. It, it it brings it to an end. Yes. yes, it does. Yeah, Mason, if you let's say you had the opportunity to encourage some younger kids going through school, growing up um, with some of the same challenges and battles that you've had, whether it's autism, Asperger's syndrome, or something similar, what would you want to tell those young people? where they're at right now how do, how do, how can they be successful and get to a place in life like you've managed to do well uh, if I would share them I would say this you are special and when the good Lord made you he made you beautiful inside mm. and out and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you mm. yeah. that's what I would say to them because yeah. they can do anything yeah. I mean those who have autism, Asperger's, they they're smart. I mean, and mm-hmm. and they're 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 gift. They're blessed with a gift. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Right. I mean, for, uh, a good example, Albert Einstein. He, the smartest man in the world, he had it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tim Burton, the director, uh, he he has it too. And I thought, wow, if they can do it, I could do it too. And anybody who has it, that they, they can do it too. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Hey, tell us a little bit about college. What was that like for you? Um, well, I, a, I'm assuming college was the first time that you moved away from home and you weren't living with mom and dad and had to spend like an entire week or more by yourself at the dorms. What was that like for you? You know, that was hard for me. I mean, living in my own. I mean, even though it was an hour away from home, mm-hmm. that was still hard for me because uh, I had to get used to being my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing things on my own, mm-hmm. that was hard. I mean, there was times where I was sad. Mm-hmm. I was overwhelmed mm-hmm. where I was like, like, I called mom and dad. There was a time where I said, I just don't like it. I I don't know if I can handle it much longer because mm-hmm. of just how alone I was. Mm-hmm. And, well, and, and, and even try to fit in in college as well. I mean, mm-hmm. in the wrestling team and mm-hmm. everything. But it, 
it was just a struggle. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you have to do all this homework and I was expected, oh, I have to do this by myself. And Mm -hmm. it was just not easy for me. And I I think too, a lot of the stuff that you was exposed to that we, we talked about that and tried to, you know, walk, you know, I would try to walk Mason through some of the stuff he was exposed to when he would when he would bring that to me. Yeah, the college like, atmosphere. Oh, it would be like, Dad, you're not going to believe what just happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. type deal. And mm-hmm. and so that was the first time that he had actually been exposed to uh, other broken people. Yeah, if the, you will. The first uh, his first experience was at Pratt. Community mm-hmm. College, and he was there for the first semester. Um, that was that was difficult for him. That was very that was a very was. difficult uh, atmosphere. Um, and he just called me up. It was in January. He called me up and he said, "I'm leaving. I don't want to be here." And I said, "Okay, I'll come get you." Because I, why make him stay somewhere that he's not? having any joy he's not and you know he doesn't he's not himself he's mm-hmm. very upset and mm-hmm. he did make it through the first semester now he had called prior to that i had been instructed by my wife he needs to come home mm-hmm. and i and said, said no. no he's not yeah and that Stuck was, it out through the semester yes finish the semester yes yeah. and we don't have to get into all the details yeah. but i'm familiar with yeah. that time frame and there was just it wasn't yeah. a real healthy situation yes, no it wasn't Mason. a healthy situation and it became clear this isn't where he wanted to be or right. you guys wanted to be for right. two more years. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you end up making the switch to McPherson. Central Christian. Or Central Christian there. Yeah. Which turned out really well um, because they had um, Mrs. Pat Muntz. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is, she is from the Lord, I tell you. <laughs> she is from the Lord. She, um, she's a very strong Christian woman, and she's in the Student Success Center. And she is... She... Mm-hmm helped Mason so much and that's why he was so successful was because of her and so um and Mason found the school and Mason picked he we'd picked the other school for him Mm -hmm. he found this school yeah that's awesome I didn't know that part yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. remember yeah I remember that yeah it was was it was awesome Um, he was eating him and I was eating dinner together and he calls yeah. me up and says, hey, I found a Christian school, which is hard to find that has wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's very difficult to find. And yeah. he called me and said, mm-hmm. I found a school that they're starting their first year of wrestling at Central Christian in McPherson. And I said, okay, let's go visit. So I made an appointment and we went there. And Mason was the first person that they got on their team for wrestling. Oh, roster. Wow. That's, well, that's awesome. cool. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. yeah. So that was super cool. Nice, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, that was that was a, that was a God uh, thing. It was a God mm-hmm. thing. I mean, oh, the absolutely. Lord was really working because I was praying hard. I was like, Lord, what are, what are we going to do, you know? And he He did it. So. And I think there was some, you know, through all that, and not to go into any big details, but uh, when you talked about the struggles, and I can remember some of the struggles that, that Mason had, had shared with us was the anxiety, the depression, and what was... There was three of them. Overwhelmed. Yes. Oh. Mm-hmm. And and that's still in our prayers. To this a day. A few days a week. Yeah. Sure. Actually, yeah. I say pray for no stress, no anxiety, no depression, no sad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Period. Yes. And that's still yeah. one of our prayers that we 
we pray a few times a week minimum. So th those things can attack anybody as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how Mason was able to get through that period of his life uh, is contributed to, to, to folks like you and, and uh, you know, really facing the demons, if you will, and, mm -hmm. and well, moving forward. Here's what's, what's developed with Mason is that his life is very similar to anybody else's now. Uh, absolutely. You know, we're talking yeah. about real adult problems. Yeah. Um, and that prayer for no sadness, <laughs> you know, not to be overwhelmed, mm -hmm. depression, these are things absolutely. normal yes. adults yeah. deal with and battle. Yes. And um, I just can't say enough how encouraged I've been by your guys' family and what I would call just the overwhelming success of the man Mason's grown up to be. Mason, you are as fine of a young man as anybody I've ever met. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is nothing that you can't do. And that's truly, it's not just a no. statement, you know. It's like no. you've proven it. It's yes. a real thing. Yes. It's, it's actual truth. Yes. And we're proud of you. Yes. We love you, buddy. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else, but you haven't said a whole lot. you got any questions mm. or anything that hasn't been stated? Well, the only thing I was just going to ask was just for you to kind of share, like, um, what you're getting ready to do right now. I know that the last summer you worked with a camp, mm -hmm. and that was really awesome and something that I think you long kind of desire to do, and you're going to, I think, try to do it again this summer. So if you just want to share a little bit about that. The, the camp itself. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to share that. Maybe camp. how you got uh, connected with it. You know, this is awesome. Uh uh, one of mom's friends uh, shared with her that th there's this camp called Canacook, and uh, Mason would be uh, great to work there because mm -hmm. uh, uh, one of my mom's friends' daughters mm -hmm. uh, worked there during the summer, and she came back home like, wow, that was the best time of her life. Then that's when we got connected to Canacook, like sign an application and mm -hmm. uh resume and everything that I got an interview with the uh, the director mm -hmm. of Canacook, uh, mm -hmm. Michael Sloan mm -hmm. uh, and I got to talk with him and shared with him like who am I where am I from and uh, what the Lord has done in my life and it, it was a blessing I mean it, and then once I got into Canacook, mm -hmm. uh, K Kauai I was actually gonna work at Kanaka Camp Out, but due to the COVID nineteen happened, we they moved me to K Kauai. Then, which was, I, which was a blessing. Yes, it was. Then when I worked at K Kauai, best summer of my life. I mean, I awesome. even uh, people over there, best staff, best workers, mm -hmm. made a lot of friends, mm -hmm. and uh, each and every one of them just loved each other. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. It, it was absolutely incredible. Two final questions, one for you, one for your parents, and okay. we'll close up. The question I have for you is to our listeners. Okay. How can they be praying for you? Like, what? so what are the next five years of your life? What are some of your dreams? Mm -hmm. A couple things maybe you want to accomplish. Um, what, you know, what do you want to happen in the next five years? What are you looking for? How can our listeners be praying for you? Mm -hmm. Well, for the next five years, I pray to have a family. Okay. Have a a wife, kids, mm -hmm. and I pray uh, to continue on being uh, successful in life and uh, keep on going 
And my relationship with the Lord, I pray for that too, to keep it strong. Amen. Uh, keep it, uh, keep the light shining. That's right. Very Amen. nice. I pray awesome. for that as well. Yeah. Well, we'll be praying for you. Yes. I promise you Thank that. You. And I believe our listeners will be praying for you too, buddy. Mason, thanks for being here. Thank you, sir. Mom and Dad, last question. Yeah. Um, is there is there any type of kind of standard resource, website, place to go to, um, or do people that are looking for help and resources, do they need to just talk to their local, you know, pediatrician or doctors? Is there any type of thing we can leave people with that are listening that say, hey, I'm ready to try mm-hmm. some new things here? Mm-hmm. How? Where do they go? HeartSpring. Okay. It's here in Wichita. Okay. Um, they do a lot for the community of autism awareness. And um, <clears throat> we took Mason there. Um, Dr. Valerie Kirshen, she's the developmental doctor here in Wichita. She's fabulous. Um, those would be the two things that I would say if there's, okay. if there's a, um, a Heart- even a thought, you know. Yes. That it would be good to. Check it out. Heartspring, Wichita, Kansas. If you're listening and you're not from Wichita, Kansas, Google them, search them up, and call. I'm confident. It's one of the things about doctors. Doctors tend to know other doctors. Right. If you're, you know, if you're listening in New York, for that matter, call and and ask. You know what they might refer you to in your area if you don't know and you're looking for someone to kind of point you in the right direction. That's a great idea. Yeah. Perfect. Guys, we love you. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having us. It was nice. Thank you.